So after talking, after our Mission Impossible 2 episode, we realized, or we debated, how much John Woo have we ever seen? Come to find out, it's hit or miss. He's one of those guys where his filmography goes back decades before Mission Impossible or really landing any big Hollywood gigs. And his filmography might be on the bucket list. Possibly. Yeah. Yeah, there's, there, there's some good ones on there. But I guess the point of us doing that is because in Mission Impossible 2, I think we decided was probably the weakest of all the Mission Impossibles. Yes. And John Woo being attached to that had a lot of hype. Yes. It's John Woo. And like, even for us, we were younger then. It's like, we were we weren't film buffs. We didn't know what was going on. But you kind of look back like, oh, there's certain things that he does at all of his action movies. We're like, okay, whatever that means. So, this next set of four <laughs> movies is solely John Woo-directed films. So, we decided to go back and try to pick two that were pre-Mission Impossible 2 and two post-MI2. And I get everything pre-MI2, like, there is a long list, like, way back to 1974. So, we would have to do some digging to even find those movies, probably, uh, and, you know, try try to watch them. But today, we are going to tackle Broken Arrow. I don't know, man, this, (laughs) this movie is... Well, Peter Travers from Rolling Stone says it'll blow you away. You know, I, I remember this being a good movie. Uh-huh. And it still kind of was a good movie to me. All right. <laughs> Cause, cause, just because that song, dude. It's all the song. That's played a lot. Yes. Uh, <laughs> release 96. Rated R. Our plot is two military pilots, John Travolta and Christian Slater, engage in a no-holds-barred battle against time and each other in a race to recover two stolen nuclear warheads. When a B-3 stealth bomber crashes in the Utah desert during a top-secret test run... Okay. Here's the problem with this synopsis. This is on the DVD case. Mm -hmm. Why wouldn't you just put... When Travolta's character goes batshit and launches the nukes and crashes the plane, why do you play it like, oh, it randomly crashes? Well, because you can't give oh, the whole story away. That, that's, You've that's, seen the uh, movie. That's, uh, you'd be giving the plot away, kind this of. This is 96, man. Okay. Anyways, uh, a bomber crashes in the Utah desert during a top secret test run. The military quickly moves in to retrieve its two broken arrows. (laughs) Roll credits. (laughs) But the situation spins wildly out of control after one of the pilots reveals the crash to be part of an incredible nuclear extortion plot. Okay, I guess it kind of does it all up. A supersonic hit from a renowned action director, John Woo, Broken Arrow is a breathless, nonstop, Joyride, says Dennis Cunningham of WCBS-TV. <laughs> you can take that to the bank. 
And the other one, I don't know what you call these quotes to get you hyped for the movie on the front cover says a sensational supersonic hit by Pete Pete. I'm sorry. Pat Collins from WWOR TV. How do you get your name and your quote onto a DVD box? Is a question I've had for a long time. Yeah, it'd be nice to know. Because I feel like they make these names up, maybe. <laughs> but I mean, when maybe. you got a Rolling Stones worker, I guess you can't uh, fudge the name in a in a place they work. All right, man. Broken Arrow, directed by John Wu. I don't want to get in his filmography. Kind of touched on it real quick. But we will talk about the writer, Graham Yoast. Yoast? Man, I cannot speak today. Graham Yoast is our writer. All right, ma'am. You made me feel really old by asking you, hey, dude, do you know what Hey Dude is? The TV series? Apparently you don't. No, I don't. All right. Pretty sure this is on Nickelodeon. So he did work on that show for uh, 1991. Uh, and then Speed mm. in 94. Hmm. Jumps into Broken Era with 96. And returns for Speed 2 oh. Cruise Control in 97. Interesting. And then do you remember the movie Hard Rain? Yes. Ooh, that was fun. Well, I have to go back to that one. And then he does some more TV, does a Mission to Mars screenplay, TV, TV movie, and then just kind of, you know, Falling Skies, some Justified stuff. You know what? That's not bad. Being a writer for Justified, I'll give you that. True. So he's got some stuff. I mean, he kind of hit, you know, while the metal was hot or whatever that saying is (laughs) on these action movies. He's got Keanu Reeves and Speed. That's true. I mean, to write essentially it's almost hot. like a, a kid show for a little while, then come in with Speed and Broken Arrow. That's yeah, it's, it's, not, it's not terrible. No, we've seen guns blazing. Yeah, we've seen some weirder things happen. So Broken Arrow. I'm trying to remember where I would have seen this first off. Probably not in the theaters. Maybe no, I doubt it. Uh, the only in ninety six. The only time I remember watching this was probably when we recorded it on VHS at home. <laughs> I I seriously think that's the only time I watched this has been that long. <laughs> oh, the good old days when you could pop in a yeah blank VHS tape <laughs> and uh, hit record as whatever was playing on the TV could then be recorded. So great. Wow, I watched the hell out of Mr. Boogity. Man, we're aging ourselves. If you don't know what Mr. Boogity is, pretty sure it's on Disney Plus right now. See, I don't think I watched Mr. Boogity. Yeah, the age difference between us is enough that uh, mm-hmm. you missed mm. some some glory stuff. I say so. <laughs> Maybe, I don't know. <laughs> it was the 90s, man. <laughs> it was, we it, must go back. No. Well, I don't know. So, what do you think of this movie? You know, all in all, man, I hate saying this, but like, I, I didn't think it was that bad. You know, I thought it was going to be worse than what I remember because, like I said, I haven't watched this film since I don't even know how long. You know, I, who knows when that was on TV for us to record it, but I thought it was going to be worse, but it wasn't too terrible. Some slow-mo parts where I was like, okay... We don't we don't really need that, but okay. Oh, okay, Mr. Standard Cut. All of a sudden, you're like, what's slow mo? Like, like ten minutes, twelve minutes worth of yeah, I know, I know. Uh-huh. 
I know, but still, you know. Some people have a lot to owe to uh, the pioneers of slow mo <laughs> in cinema. Oh, but all right, goodness. So I did find a review from Roger Ebert, R.I.P., who kind of he does point out some interesting things. Well, not interesting, I guess, mostly the flaws of having a movie like this. And some of it I agree with. Um, I agree with you, though. I think this movie, for the most part, is an enjoyable ride. I mean, there's not much to it. It's guy wants to nuke if he has to, unless he gets paid. It's mm-hmm. bad guy wants money or I nuke you. Yep. Nothing, nothing new. Oh, and this is our second Travolta movie mm-hmm. from Paris with Love mm-hmm. cover. So we're back to... Which Travolta do you prefer? From Paris with Love, this guy. Oh, definitely from Paris with Love. He was a loose cannon in that film. I think I might enjoy this one better. Yeah. And can I tell you why, though? Can I tell you why? Is it because he's calculated? <laughs> Got a couple of loose wires up there. Yeah, ain't it cool? <laughs> or whatever. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. How this guy smokes. Did you notice... The f- the flare of the hand, of like the weird gripping of the cigarette each time. This guy's a badass just for the way he smokes. Yeah. This was one of those movies, again, that questioned yeah. my, my choices in life. Like, should I have started smoking cigarettes? <laughs> Could I have made it look that cool? Right. Hmm. I'm not John Travolta being batshit crazy in the desert, so probably not. <laughs> oh, the cigarette uh... smoking. And, and goes back to that. Like, he's freaking lighting up in with the locker room of like the army base yeah <laughs> like, i'm like good god man yep. times have changed but he gets called on like you're not supposed to smoke you're like yeah fuck you john travolta <laughs> like, man. i guess about ready to steal some nukes screw you guys all right john woo this is from uh ebert here so he's basically saying like he you get john john woo in here um and he does like hong kong cult favorite movies now he's all of a sudden he's got a big budget hollywood i guess he did hard target in 93 so this is a little i mean you've got john travolta christian slater is is you know he's got some presence i'm sure he didn't come like cheap either they're saying that or he's saying that he's nowhere near like what the fugitive was or top gun when it comes to like action Hmm. and i guess i would push back and be like I think the second you introduce nukes into a movie, you are already teetering on your believability going out the window. Right. And I know you could say, well, what about like movies like Some of All Fears? Well, okay, yeah, that's more realistic, I guess. And this movie for sure pushes the boundaries of what can and can't happen. Yeah. There was there was one thing that I questioned and kind of looked up myself, but <laughs> oh, did you did some research? Mm, yeah. On which part? <laughs> uh, the nuke going off underground. Uh, and what'd you find out? Uh, that the scenario that this film portrayed is actually possible. Okay, just so we're clear, I was kind of surprised. How deep did they go in this movie? I wanted. Say? I think it was twenty thousand feet. Twenty thousand. I mean, feet. two thousand. I'm sorry. <laughs> twenty thousand feet under the sea. Went to the center of the earth. Yeah. No. Uh, I think it was two thousand. It jump started the core with the nuke. Yeah. It's a different movie. Yeah. 
But didn't they also say there's like it's a copper mine too? Yeah. So like the copper would fuse. Mm-hmm. Come on, man. So there's your your research was saying like if you put a nuke oh, that far down, well, it would like. Well, I'm not sure on that fusing part, but as in regardless, like, though, as like the radiation being in like the atmosphere and like a mushroom cloud or whatnot, like that is that or no mushroom cloud, and it kind of just doing an earthquake. That's kind of. Close to realism, I suppose. I don't oh. know how far down like you would have to go for that. I don't know if two thousand feet is, uh, you know, deep enough to not have no. an explosion go above ground. But apparently, it's kind of doable if you were to set off a nuke uh, that far below the Earth. There are different um, powers of nukes. I don't know how to phrase that question. Yeah, Strengths? Yeah, no, you're... Devastations? Yeah, you're, you're right. I have but, a feeling this is like a weaker... But, but most... Yeah. Maybe? I don't know. Hmm. Either way, though, I mean, I, I was kind of questioning that at first. I was like, I feel like that explosion would have been bigger. And, yeah, I don't know. I I guess it's probably hit or miss either way, but... I want to hit on some points uh, from uh, the start of this movie. Or just my notes that I took during this movie. The intro... How do you like this intro of like the zooming down on the boxing and like our introduction to the characters? It's too long. <laughs> the boxing was too long. Yeah. So do you think it telegraphed the whole point of the relationship of these two? Kind of. Because I was kind of sitting there thinking uh, like when I was watching it, it was like, is there really a point to this? And then the further on I watch is, you know, Travolta kind of just, you know showboating and this is i'm so much better than you blah 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 blah. if you do this or that you, you know what i mean kind of i guess as he like teaches him like how to box and how to fight and be more mm-hmm. assertive yeah so do you like that it loops back at the end where their standoff is life or death yeah i think there was some I, some of the stuff i read like no one some people didn't like this introduction to the characters and how it ends it ends. But I think we're establishing that Travolta is the dominant of this partnership. Mm-hmm. He's by not just an age and rank, but he's just in like, he's just a dominant one in this relationship. And like, for some reason, Slater's character just won't can't, can't beat him. He's, he's either got weak will or something. So I kind of like the end that like Travolta basically, it's like, well, of course, like he he undermines him the whole way, and every time he does something to thwart the plans, Travolta's like, huh. And then sometimes they write it lazily, like, well, I knew he'd do that, or I had a contingency for that. But I think at the end of the right. movie, like he's super shocked, he loses. Mm-hmm. Like, how in the he- like you? By all accounts, you should not be doing this. You should have been slinking off home, not <laughs> coming after me. Yes. So I kind of like that we're establishing that so the boxing uh i'd need to see more blood who's one of my notes especially when this boxing that seemed pretty brutal yeah i was gonna say if, yeah if we're hitting r and i don't know if that's like well we want to show that more at the end man eh, just give it to me now we can pepper blood throughout the whole movie folks Very true. it's rated r we're going for it especially old rated r dude you with anything <laughs> Come on. Hell, PG and PG-13 can get away with anything, Yeah. Oh, the glory days Mm -hmm. of the 80s and 90s. Uh, We touched on the smoking. You do it anywhere. 
freaking made it look so cool. The music, my God, the swelling music, especially when John Travolta is on screen. <laughs> you know what? I just realized what this is, Mr. I like the Snyder Cut. This is every time Wonder Woman is introduced yeah, on screen. Whatever. This is Travolta. Every this, time Travolta, you got the twenty. As much as oh, that, and you know it. I, well, you know what? This movie isn't four hours long. True. It really, you really notice it when a movie's four hours long. Yeah, I know. I know. So we're never going to talk about the Snyder Cut except our little digs here and there. <laughs> uh, let's see here. No fire, guy dies on it. Oh. <laughs> the logistics of this movie. Okay. They've been asked to pilot their B-3 bomber with live nukes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because they're trying to do a, well, like a satellite check, see if they can find the radiation signature. They're going to fly it so low that they won't be able to find it. So some of this movie hinges on... The bad guys roll in to apparently the only campers here and shoot the campers. And then this guy falls on the fire. And my thought was, why would you do that? You have to smell that. And then the one guy gets, I was like, move that. And I was like, thank you, movie, for reading my mind. You're not going to let a guy just burn on the fire while you're trying to steal nukes. So this whole hinges on someone called in like all of these cars going in. What is there only one entrance into this park or wherever there? Yeah, I mean, uh, it, there's some circumstantial things that or circumstance <coughs> words aren't coming to me today. Something going on with this movie where it's like, oh, and then they send in the ranger lady mm-hmm. to look. We've got that, and just to go back to this review, he states that one fundamental problem with the movie is that John Travolta is seriously miscast as a nuclear terrorist. Degree or disagree? What do you mean miscast as a nuclear terrorist? Well, he compares it to like Dennis Hopper or Christopher Walken who plays Mad Bomber. So I'm like, I'm assuming he's talking about, I think Dennis Hopper's in like Speed Mm -hmm. and Christopher Walken. I'm not sure what he's referring to on that one. I I don't know what, I think he's playing his character the way you want to play it. Like they address it in the movie a bunch of times. Like he's gone off the deep end. His, His mind's walked off the map. Yeah. Like. He's calculate. Like I guess I don't understand. Who, who else do you get for that in '96? Yeah, I, don't know. I mean, John Travolta is probably one of the biggest stars you'll get. Well, and plus, I I always thought he played a good bad guy. I would agree with that too. I mean, I don't know. So, I mean, again, it like what he's doing. You're comparing this movie to a Top Gun. Eh. Top Gun but you is, can't really. It, yeah, like I get you can say like, well, director to director, but yeah, Top Gun is mostly an aerial fight movie. This mm-hmm. is ground getting the nukes movie. This is a borderline heist mm-hmm. slash like a Tom Clancy thing. So I I think you're fine with. I think this is good casting for the most part. John Travolta I, I think agree. nails it. Like I agree too. He's one of those bad guys. Like you want to not like him and you're kind of always wondering like is he gonna get the upper hand is he not gonna get the upper hand is he gonna win but i think it's i don't know i don't know why you'd say that but i'm not a professional movie reviewer (laughs) seriously 
his other complaint is it sets up the rival the rivalry rival rivalry. Yeah, thank you, man. Oh. Between Travolta and Slater in the opening scene where they're boxing, Travolta tells Slater he lacks the will to win. Ping! That's the full circle alarm going off, alerting us to the certainty that by the end of this film, Slater will have found the will to win. I kind of like that that happens. You don't get much closure in, so- closure in some of these movies of like right. the opening scenes to the ending scenes of what's going on. Uh, yeah. For 96 and this movie, I, I'm on board with it. I like to see like the progression of this character. Of, like he does have a spine, like he's willing to go toe to toe. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's plenty of times he could have said, yeah, I don't, it's not my problem, but he doesn't. All right. I don't like the eyes close up right before the plane fight. I think that plane fight was kind of weak. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> the reflection in the window saved somebody again. Yeah, jeez. I think you could have toyed with this scene a little bit better to have it. Here's here's the problem. You got to have one of these guys be the bad guy, right? Mhm. How do you do that? without it completely being telegraphed. I think I think even if you watch this movie the first time, you know Travolta's the bad guy, right? Unless they were really, really good at doing the switcheroo and it was Slater. Could you imagine if if these roles were switched? <laughs> yeah, that'd be... Uh, I don't... Ooh, that's an interesting thought. I don't thought. know if the movie would even work that well. Hmm. I feel like Travolta's too much of a badass. that He'd have to tone it down a lot. He's also one of those guys like he's not afraid to die in a movie. No. I th- I think with this scene where they're flying Travolta's goal is to basically kill his partner, let the nukes out who happen to have a parachute on him, which I wonder if that's a real thing. Or if it's just not movie movie need the movie scenario there. Yeah. Cuz they knows? it states in the movie like well it can sit in 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 jet fuel that's on fire for what an hour or so like it hours like, it's like four hours or so yeah and i'm like so why do you got to put them on a parachute if their goal is to be shot i guess my point was i don't know how you make this scene any better because you can't have him straight up murder slater right no so i but i think they telegraphed it a little too hard yeah and they could have done more i don't know would, would it have been any more yeah, but see, that's the fundamental problem is you can't kill... You got to have him either fight or he just ejects him from the plane right away. And the only reason he ejects him is because he couldn't get the upper hand well enough right. to release the nukes. So we're kind of... Yeah, it's whatever. Yeah, it's whatever. I don't, I don't <laughs> know how you do it. Uh, the plane explosion kind of cool. Yeah. I mean, not sure I'm a fan of the swinging slash moving camera that goes around some of the dialogue and stuff. Not on board with that. We're kind of just hitting some of the highlights that I just real quick notes. Oh, the bad guy is in the military. So this is we get. Okay. Oh, yeah. Let's on the recovery of the first. Yeah. Yeah. So Travolta drops these out of the airplane. They parachute out and his buddies find him. And the whole time he's like, oh, no, My, my partner's dead. We don't need to worry about it. He punched out. And Travolta sends the message like back to the army base, like, oh, he lost control and, and punched out. So it's like smoke and mirrors. And yeah, it is. It's kind of, 
it's kind of goofy i think <laughs> like the whole the whole plot of it just seems to be really it maybe i don't like this movie <laughs> oh, I, i'm sorry do we want to go back and round out some of the cast real quick I mean, sure. I mean, Good. I mean, I mean. Obviously, there are two: is John Travolta and Christian Slater. Travolta mm-hmm. plays Vic Deacons. I didn't know his name was Vic. I always thought it was Deacons. That's all they say in the movie. Mm-hmm. But sure, Christian Slater is Riley Hale. Uh, Samantha Mathis is Terry Carmichael. She is the who Ranger. was it? Ranger who goes to try to. They're a little meat cute. Isn't just so meat cute. Oh, uh, gag me. Yeah. So annoying. Did not like it. Delroy Lindo is Colonel Max Wilkins. Let's see. Howie Long is Kelly. He is the guy who apparently is in the military and decides to switch over. And then there's a bunch of other people that Mm. frankly don't matter because they are fodder for bullets, fire, chopper blades, explosions, guns, uh, any number of other kinds of death. (laughs) <laughs> they're here to die. So it really doesn't matter who they are. Let's talk about their meat cute, bro. She pulls a gun on him and he gets it back. Come to find out she doesn't keep the gun loaded. Oh, surprise. She does. <laughs> doesn't keep it loaded. No, she does keep it loaded. Oh, oh she lied to him, huh? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. I'm an idiot. And then that's right. Oh, trickery. Yeah, and he's like, if I wanted to kill you, I would have killed you. Here's your gun. Well, that's how you do it. And they're like, oh. That's how you do it. And then he's like, okay, I get secrecy in military operations. Yeah. But in this instant, when she's like, well, what do we need to do? Can't he be like, we need the military as quickly as possible. There are nukes on the ground, and my partner's out to get them. Is that really divulging that much information? No. Everybody knows nukes exist. Yeah. Everybody knows things. Like, just be upfront about it, bro, and say, yeah. That'd be too easy. Yeah, well. Way too easy. That is very true. And then, I cannot find this guy. Kurtwood Smith plays the Secretary of Defense, Baird. And I just wanted him to keep saying... I'm going to shove my foot up your ass. <laughs> Go watch that 70s show if you don't know what that's all about. Uh, I don't know. John Woo movie, man. It's not. It's good. Yeah, I, I, I uh, liked like it. Like I said, I, I was surprised that it wasn't complete doo-doo, you know, from... Because I've ran into that in some of these movies that we've came back and watched and I haven't watched in forever. I'm like, yeah... There's a reason I haven't watched that one. Yeah. <laughs> but there, yeah, this one was not yeah, I mean I was entertained. I I completely forgot. I it's been so long that I thought uh Slater's character was Deacons. So <laughs> yeah, there you go there. All right. Uh they mentioned Nest as like a response team, and all I thought was Transformers. And my thought was Transformers, you couldn't come up with a better <laughs> name than Nest. Oh, before we go any further, Broken Arrow. I my my first introduction to this phrase was obviously this movie, and they they this is that this was a trailer line of, well, what's a Broken Arrow? Well, it's when we got two nukes that are loose. Well, no, which is scarier, the fact that you got to turn for it, 
or that it happens so often that you've got a term for it or whatever that stupid yeah line well, is well, and yeah, I'm like, wasn't oh, happy. yeah kind of a groaner right so take it for what it's worth i did hear this phrase in we were soldiers with mel gibson and i was like that's weird because he's like he gets to his radio guys like call broken arrow and he's like there ain't no freaking nukes over here what are you talking about broken arrow uh, this says it's a code phrase that a ground unit is facing imminent destruction from enemy attack and all available air forces within range are to provide air support immediately. And that's what happens in that movie. They call Broken Arrow and these guys start napalming all around them. Hmm. Like the one guy's calling coordinates to him and they're napalming it. And apparently it also means when two nukes um, are lost. So there you have it. Broken Arrow, two different meanings. <laughs> Which you think might be confusing at sometimes during a war. But, uh, called Broken Arrow. No, no, no. I needed air support. Not that I've got nukes missing. Oh, wow. So the, so wait. So you're saying there's actually two meanings, not yeah, just like there's two the meaning meanings. from the movie. Okay. Yeah. Because. Sorry, I thought there was a slight sarcasm there. But no, wow, no, no, no. Wow, that's actually. No. That's, that's ridiculous. Yeah, because we were soldiers. I forget. It's got to be. Is that Vietnam? Sorry, folks. I don't remember what war that was all about. Yeah, he calls Broken Arrow, and they start bringing in the Air Force because they're getting they're going to get overran. Mm. And you've called Broken Arrow now, and apparently it's nukes. Mm. I don't know. It's cool. It's a cool name for a movie. True. It's fun. Yeah. You guys go see Broken Arrow. Honestly, I think I'm up. I'm I'm on board with this movie up until the plane crash, and then this movie kind of kind of goes into more John Woo territory of its story telling and what's going on. And here's the thing. Hale seems to always be able to get to where he needs to go to find Deacon Mm -hmm. pretty easily, even though Deacon's like driving a vehicle. Yes. Or a boat or a choppa. And because the the layout so this movie just takes place in the desert so there's i guess limited places you can go mm-hmm. but yeah he's just always able to get there and i'm i'm not sure i'm on board with that another thing is he finds him pretty easy to begin with he falls out of a truck hail and at behind the truck is deacon's humvee hail is able to get up off the ground run and catch back up to this truck Mm -hmm. while the Humvee tries to speed up and smash him and Mm -hmm. doesn't succeed. And then this is where Hale like puts a flare to a gasoline container, throws it on there. And for some reason it takes him like 30 minutes to put the fire out on this thing. Yeah, for real. Okay. That's what I'm saying. Like, like you've got to allow for some things to happen for this movie to happen. Mm -hmm. So they start getting away. And for some reason, I don't understand this point of the movie in the bullet fight. And there's a couple times where (laughs) they shoot at a nuclear warhead. Intervolto is like, stop shooting at the nuclear warhead. Hmm. More often than not. Yes. So they do this. Two or three times. Yeah. So they do this fight, and for some reason, they're losing gas in their Humvee. So they're 
Hale and the girl are able to start getting away because Deacons has us out to put out a gas fire on his Humvee, which I would imagine would take like a minute or two. Yeah. But they act like they've got all the time in the world. So why is it this car is losing gas? It adds nothing to the plot. It adds nothing to the time, the dilemma, nothing. They're able to make it to the mine. And then still, like, drive slowly into it, pull it back, the gate back, and then, yeah, like, it doesn't, no like, it it didn't <laughs> hinder anybody. Unless it made him just go to that mine and go straight and stuff. I don't know. I mean, well, I think he's got a movie. <laughs> no, like, he put it on there. Like, she's, I wasn't it her who's like, let's go to this mine. It's like the only thing around here. Or he does. He's like, it's the only thing around here. Let's go to this mine and we'll dump it in there or something i don't know yeah so the another plot thing is hale is under the impression if you enter the code wrong three times it shuts down Mm -hmm. so he does it while they're fleeing and it doesn't work it actually sets it um how did deacon be able to get to this nuke and uh, mess with the circuit board before uh for putting it under his flight. Yeah, that's what I was wondering too. <laughs> He's like, oh, I knew this was going to happen. I, again. Because Deacons is just a badass dude, apparently. Dude, he's, he, just, he's just on top of it. He's operating at genius level. Pretty much. I, I, operating at movie level. <laughs> By movie logic level. Of like, well, we've got to have him do this so he's smart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there, those are those couple things. Like, I start to kind of disconnect with the movie. Like, okay, you're making a big deal. Like, they're losing gas, but what does that matter? Because yeah, I think it's one of those things, like, it was shot, and then once you're looking at it, like, in the editing bay, you're like, well, we could have just had them drive there, right? Like, we didn't have to show them losing gas, did we? But, like, it was still a choice to film it and then put it in because unless there's a – another woo cut out there of this oh geez like they went straight to the mine (laughs) so what was the purpose of that like sometimes movie you gotta figure out why you're filming a scene and if it's adding anything to it like you just lit the car on deacon's car on fire why does your car need to be running low on gas because it got shot by bullets mm-hmm. that were shooting at car level so how did the bullet get underneath the yeah I don't know. oh yeah movie logic of bullets bullets are magic and they don't go very fast either mm-hmm. yeah that and then the, you know the circuit board thing like how did he sure he just knows the circuitry of these nukes and was had access to them beforehand all right do we need to see that scene I guess this goes back to the beginning of the movie. If we're already assuming he's the bad guy, do we need the scene of him messing with the nukes before they go on I mean, the flight? Not necessarily, no. All right. It's still trying to, like, shroud mystery. Yeah. Okay. All right. It's, it's whatever at this point. That's true. <laughs> I did get tired of, here's my note, my God, the I can't do this moments of this movie waste so much time. They get to the mine and they've got to like hoist it up to the elevator, and it's all like, I can't do it, I can't do it. And he's yeah. like, God talked to her, but no, we gotta do this. And like, guys, 
this guy's gotta be like two minutes behind you for real like it took you two minutes to get the gate off and unload this like the ticking clock in this movie is awful because there's a lot of them and some of them just don't make sense like Mm. this but again this is one of those weird like structurally of the movie you have to give them distance with the nuke the good guys with the nuke to try to figure out a plan Mm -hmm. how do you do that you firebomb Deacon's car, it slows him down for a couple minutes. You pop his tires, it slows him down for hours, mm-hmm. or however long it takes him to walk here. Which is a better choice, filmmaker-wise, because this movie goes quick. We are having planes explode in, what, the first 10, 8 to 10 minutes? Yeah. Like, it's fast. Mm-hmm. It gets the ball rolling pretty quick. So I guess, in theory, if you're going by movie logic, like keeping pace up, his car can't be disabled for very long, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much. If you got to have distance, like you, I don't know what you do. What do you do, man? Just not even make the movie. That's what you do. <laughs> yep. Um, I don't care for the fact that they go to this abandoned mine. And my note is, this is a very well lit mine. Why did they leave the one nuke behind? Six minutes to get away from a nuke. So this whole... I will give this movie credit for being in a desert. It does have some interesting set pieces. Mm-hmm. What do you think of this whole mine? I thought the mine was pretty cool. Um, well, just because of like, you know, I, I guess their thought process of them trying to get it down there and like blowing it up and hopefully bearing the other nuke with it and so on and so forth, which, you know, yeah, it kind of makes sense, but at the same time, I was also thinking, like, this is also a nuke, so <laughs> how does that work underground, you know? I'm like, I, I don't know. Like, if this thing goes off, like, won't that still go up top? But, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I didn't think it was too bad, I guess. So was Deacon's, Deacon's plan was to detonate it in there anyway? No. But what... What was his plan? He was, he wanted to loot. Okay, he wanted to do one nuke, correct, to show that he was willing to do it. Yeah. The second one, he was going to ransom a city. Yes. Where was he going to do that first one at? I thought he was going to put it in the mine shaft because he says like, he's been here before. Like that's why the mine's oh, so lit up. Yeah. That's... So like his. He, yeah, I think you are right because he's like I'm basically saying like I'm not an animal. Like I know what this is. Like I'm not going to just radiate Utah. To show that I'm willing to do it, like I'll do it underground, which in some ways is a little bit less threatening. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know, man. Okay, so this whole mind thing is uh, fight, fight, gun battle. Mm-hmm. Hale gets trapped, and what's the phrase when uh, all of a sudden there's something there that helps you win ex machina? Yeah. Uh. A magic river. Yes. That this park ranger, and I'm not saying park rangers don't know like their parks, especially when they've been working there for a while. But uh I think that's ballsy to go into an underwater or underground water source. For real. So dude, this is like one of the longest six minutes in cinematic history. <laughs> yeah. Pretty close too. <laughs> So they told the military that there's an exposed core, which means that they had to spend in that send in that special nest team, and that was hours away. Mm-hmm. So during this whole 
mind battle. The chopper's on its way. So Hale and the Ranger are this is a cool piece set piece i'll I'll admit like they go into this tunnel and they find the water conserve okay again you got a nuke underground with you you're in an underground water supply this movie's telling me they rode this river out into the middle of a lake without dying or suffocating no problemo and was able to swim to shore before the nuke went off Yes. Dude, in six minutes? Yes. How far away do you think Deacon gets in his Humvee in the desert in six minutes? Probably a lot farther than them. What is it? If you if you go was if you go seventy five, eighty miles, it takes you what, forty five seconds to go um, to go a mile? So let's say conservatively they went five miles away from the nuke. Maybe. I don't know, man. I'm just going to math out my ass. Maybe. And then she again is... I'm sorry. I'm not trying to like come down on this this character. Because she does like kind of save the day. And she is understandably like distressed. Like she basically just survived like death by water. But the nuke goes off and they just like basically fall to the ground. And she's freaking out about it. And, dude, I'm telling you, he just spews some bullshit of, like, did you see these butterflies? If if they weren't, yeah. if, if, if there is radiation, like, they won't, they wouldn't have beaten. I was like, I don't know, man. Or did you say radiation or, like, the blast itself? I think it was radiation. Either way, I was like, man. Which, for real, though, now that I think about it, if there was that water source underneath, that nuke would totally be infecting all that water supply. Ooh, with yeah, radiation radi- if yeah. that was that close yeah oh, radiation would totally be in that water supply dude well i just don't think you understand how thermodynamics work when a when a when a nuke goes off in a copper mine it seals it up like a dome under there whatever it's fine yeah uh, it's fine yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, so by this point in the movie the nuke has gone off and you get this really cool dude this is Honestly, this is Tremors level. Yeah. Ground effects of like the shockwave going under the ground. Deacons is like, all right, everybody turn off your electronic devices. The nest helicopters flying about them, around them. So they stop. And right now it's just Deacons and uh, his, his heavy, which is, uh, oh my gosh, the football player guy in real life. Mm-hmm. Howie Long. Yep. Um, and then basically like the money guy. And the money guy's just been right in Travolta's ass this whole uh-huh. time. Like, dude, you guys have been screwed up the whole time. You screwed up the whole time. Dude, Travolta takes this freaking pipe to this dude's windpipe mm-hmm. a couple times. And then does the <laughs> Dude, freaking great. How can you tell me that Travolta does not nail being a freaking douchebag psychopath For like real. And his line is like, well, I've never killed a human. Kind of like it. And you're like, oh yeah. my god. <laughs> like, all right. <laughs> all right man so emp wave rumbles the truck a little bit and guess what it does to the nest chopper takes it down takes it down emp and then we have to get a monologue a little bit of what an emp is mm-hmm. 96 do people know what emp is when it comes to nukes i don't know but also i don't think that's a thing with nukes oh you don't 
Why do you say that? Well, because it's an electromagnetic pulse. And so, I'm pretty sure that there's certain bombs that are made for that. And I don't think a nuke, even its shockwave, isn't, isn't an EMP. I mean, I could be wrong. I, I don't know here. But I feel like that there's... Well, well I, I Googled it real quick while you're talking, man. Oh, and? Uh, can EMPs... Oh, EMP stop nukes. That's not what it is. Um, do nukes have an EMP? A nuclear electromagnetic pulse is a burst of electromagnetic radiation created by a nuclear explosion. Okay, well, I guess, yeah. All right. Uh, in military terminology, a nuclear warhead detonated tens to hundreds of miles above the Earth's surface is known as a high-altitude electromagnetic pulse, also known as hemp. <laughs> So maybe the science is right on this. Either way, it makes for a cool helicopter crash because this is only like the 18th explosion of something going on. So why the hell not have just a chopper of uh, people who's trying to do their job die? (laughs) For real. For nukes. Sure. Okay. So, again, (laughs) geography, I don't know where this movie is exactly taking place. I do know they name dropped Lake Tahoe. I don't know where this movie starts. So our good guys get out of the water. Travolta's driving, and he goes to water also. And again, our guys, our our good guys, are there. Yeah, catch up to him. Yeah, like it's we've been told like these guys are getting somewhere. So the kind of plot twist is when Hale got on the original truck to stop the nukes, he saw a specific. Um, hospital badge for radiology. Right. Come to find out, this is a misdirect because guess who is playing like 3D chess here? Uh, Deacon. <laughs> well, I knew he'd see that. Dude, you mother effer, you thought this guy died. True. You're telling me you just I... planted a random hospital as a misdirect? Come on. Come on. You were you thought this would go off without a hitch. Mm-hmm. There is no reason to have had this in here except for the uh, fact like it makes Hale look equally smart to Deacon, I guess. Yeah. To kinda, see that he's not going that way. Kind of stupid. Yeah. I have on here a saxophone dude. The saxophone kicks in after the blast and they get out of the water and she's shaking and he like gets behind her like, you got to keep warm and uh, <laughs> start rubbing her. Then like saxophone kicks in. I was like, come on, let's move this along because <laughs> apparently you guys have got to get to a boat that's, I don't know, man. You're somehow outrunning a Humvee after you haven't moved for 20 minutes. Yes. While this guy's been hauling ass out of here. But okie dokie, a movie's got to travel to <laughs> all of its different points. So... So Deacon has trucks. He did have a helicopter. That got blowed up. Okay, let's talk about that. I forgot this scene. They send a helicopter after Hale. He shoots it with a revolver. The pilot. Mm-hmm. And Kabumbi. Mm-hmm. And this is where we get the... It crashes and she almost gets rotored from the tail rotor. Yes. And is pulled away at the last minute. Ooh, suspense. Yes. Not really. <laughs> <clears throat> <laughs> like we, I mean, we all know that she isn't going to die. Come but what on. if? What if this character was introduced? But that's the problem. Is, great. That's the problem is you need her to do 
things that you need he, her for exposition. Well, uh, essentially to be his tour guide too. Mm-hmm. You got to go. Ah, uh, Help, yeah. Helping the movies got a movie, dude. Pre- essentially, which kind of sucks, but it is what it is. So they find Deacon's dude rickety dink little ass boat, and they're trying to do something to. Is he trying to hotwire it? Because have they loaded the? Yeah, okay. yeah. They were like trying to steal it. This is where I got confused. So. They're like hiding in the bushes, and <laughs> Hale is staring at Deacons, and Deacons lights his cigarette and is smoking it ever so cool, mm-hmm. and just starts staring off into the brushes, and like they're almost making eye contact, but Deacon can't see him. And I'm like, oh my god, dude, <laughs> this is just mm. the like Travolta's uh, Slater sense or Hale sense was going off so much and it's like again dude for the second or third time you're assuming this dude died in a nuclear explosion and by all accounts you should be right have they not loaded the nukes onto this boat no i don't think so i think they were trying to steal it before they did that or something no so they got the one nuke so the reason i ask is He's trying to hotwire the boat for a reason. So they're both on the boat. Mm-hmm. And then they start... Deacon and his group starts coming back to the boat. And he rolls off. She falls down and pulls a tarp over her. Mm-hmm. And rides with him the whole time. And no one notices she's there. Yes. So was the nuke not under the tarp thing? Like, mm, I don't think so. So where was the nuke? I don't know. Because somewhere this is when they go down to Lake Tahoe and the army catches up to Hale mm-hmm. and they start hatching a plan. Yep. Okay. Again, see, I'm up to I'm I'm with this movie till the plane crashes. And I'm kind of like, all right, now we're just having action for action's sake, which I'm mm-hmm. fine with. Again, this the rewatchability of this movie is there, like. I think it's got good characters. Like it's just batshit stupid in some things. <laughs> so they're in Lake Powell, and then they're trying to figure out like where he's going with the nuke. Mm-hmm. And I, I would love to talk Salt Lake. Yeah, he's like, I saw this thing with Salt Lake, and then this, and then Hale's like the rope a dope, and mm-hmm. he's referring back to like the start of the movie where he was being told by Deacons like the rope a dope move. You show him one thing, you do another. And again, it's like, Deacon didn't assume you'd be on that truck, dude. Why is there a card right, to do this? So they're like, yeah, he's going to take it into Salt Lake because that's where this card's for. And he's like, no, no, he won't do that. If he's going... what? If he's going, if he says he's going east, he's going west, or whatever. Either way, yeah. like I got that backwards because Colorado is east of Utah, but whatever. So and he's like, but it's going to be on a train. How does he get to that logic? I don't remember. Mm. Because oh, I get it. Because we've been in a plane, we've been in a truck, we've been in a boat. We've got to hit trains. <laughs> All modes of transportation yes. have been used except for a train. Although I'm kind of sad we didn't get some kind of gun battle with the boats. That feels like it should have happened. Agreed. But that's fine. Again, this woman, undetected, gets onto this train that the nuclear warhead 
has been loaded up. And Hale is like, we gotta go. And does he fight back on getting the whole army involved because they've gotta save her too? Yeah, kind of. So they realize that, I don't know, dude, so an act of God, they realize Deacon has taken this nuke by train to Denver. Mm-hmm. Okay. So they decide to go with the one new, the one army guy, a pilot, Hale, and a single chopper to stop terrorists yes. and a nuke. Yes. Am I am I understanding that? Yes. Okay. All right. Which okay. realistically, dude, they would not stop at anything to get that nuclear warhead back. Like they'd be like, Oh, there's a there's a park ranger. Yeah, we don't care, dude. I feel like, like this is national security at hand. We don't care. Like, yeah. I yeah. really feel like that that yeah, would have happened if this was like an actual real scenario. Like to be like, yeah, well, there's also a nuclear warhead on that train. Which one's uh you we we know what we're worried about. <laughs> well, I I think if you look at it just just shoot the engine. The main yeah. engine component, and then yeah. you just you just stop the train. Just call in an airstrike on the yeah. They go over a bridge, dude. Shoot the bridge out. Guess where yeah. the train can't go now? Anywhere. Yep. It just fell yep. into a ravine, and you've already established this nuke can sit in a pool of jet fuel of for jet four fuel. hours, no on problem. Fire. Yeah, yeah. It can mm-hmm. handle a fall. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it can't. I mean, this one's got a parachute. Like, it's okay. And fire, but don't drop it because it'll break. <laughs> it'll expose its core. Yeah, it's made to hit something and explode. So if it gets dropped, it'll probably explode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just there's there's again we're in an action movie, so you got to have your big fighting with the good versus bad. I get. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden, Travolta's got like more henchmen on his side. He still got Howie Long. Uh, Howie Long ends up getting launched out of the side of the train because uh hail swings down from a wire and i'm sorry dude christian slater not a big dude howie long big dude i'm gonna say i feel I, like slater's <laughs> slater's like the wolverine dude he he's just this little runt dude taking on all these big dudes <laughs> howie long is ex-football player dude this guy i don't know if you'd have the momentum to be able to even if you're swinging down to push a guy through wood on a train and out. Let's see, dude. He's five nine. Mm-hmm, I'm freaking okay. taller than Christian Slater. Yeah. Uh. So I'm not. You know. Again. Let's see if I can find Howie Long real quick because now, uh, now I just gotta. Now we're curious. Now I gotta know here what our ooh, defensive football and let's see here. Uh, this guy's six five. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like uh, this, going back to your Wolverine thing, like this is a Sabretooth versus Wolverine scenario. And uh, yes. Sabretooth just like stopped and laughed at him. Like, you tried to, <laughs> you silly guy, you tried to kick me out yeah, the door. Like, Good luck. Get hey, out of here, man. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> He's 6'5. 6'5, mm-hmm. 5'9. Sure. You can um, push him right out, right out of door. All right. So he gets on the train. He unhooks the gas for the getaway helicopter that's on the train. And then the helicopter that brought him in explodes over the tunnel because the pilot got shot. So now they've got no air support. 
yada yada blah blah end fight scene coming up yes and oh so uh deacon tries to get the lady to like enter the codes to start it stop it yeah and i thought thought this guy a little sexual with the gun yeah like he's kind of being sleazy about it i was like yeah this is neither here nor there buddy but (laughs) it's kind of awkward (laughs) i was like all right all right and going back to this review he says, oh, I almost forgot the tag-along, a park ranger played fetchingly by Samantha Mathis, whose purpose is to follow Slater everywhere, which I don't think is true because she ends up like actually like sticking to the mission the whole way. Right. She didn't have to get on the train. Help him out, warn him, and take off her shirt as soon as possible. When does she take off her shirt? I was going to say, I don't think Is it her just her jacket? Doesn't, doesn't she lose a jacket? Does she take, like, like, there's no nudity in this movie. Like, I'm curious, like, what he, like, I don't, did she take it off after they survived the water nuke? I mean, like, she was cold. But, like, I mean, there's nothing seen. So I'm like, that's kind of accurate. Like, she does follow Slater because she wants to help. Did you see a woo cut that we didn't see, dude? (laughs) (laughs) Because I feel like that's what this is alluding to. Like, that's ridiculous. Absurd. You you could have gone the route of maybe gratuitous nudity or sex in this movie, but it's that's not what this is asking for. Like, no. you're in a desert with nukes. There's a time frame. That's essentially what this is, and we're getting from start to finish with explosions. So I don't know what that's all about. Before our good helicopter blows up, he. <laughs> they lower blades down and they're gonna, gonna start chopping people is this yeah mm-hmm. they're gonna start chopping people this one guy gets it with a blade and just gets like cut and pushed off no dude this guy needs to be cut in half <laughs> like not like he was hit with a pipe right. and knocked off a train yeah. like no this guy needs to be split yeah, i thought that was kind of funny yeah i was <laughs> like oh okay we're <laughs> <laughs> It's yeah, not it's in the whatever. budget. We use it all on explosions. This guy's yeah. just gonna get hit, and it's it actually looked like his, it was survivable. Yeah, of everything going on in this movie, I think I'd rather been hit with the helicopter blade and be like, "Ooh, ow, ooh, ow, owie." I'm all right. Yeah, I'm call good. the medics. I'll be fine. It's just a boo boo. Uh, yeah, I'll take helicopter blade by this movie logic for sure. <laughs> Let's see, and then the fight between Deacon. And hail, dude! I don't even care about that fight, dude. At the end, yeah. Why? It's the, because it's what's after the fight. What's after the fight? You know that end scene where the nukes flying at him, dude, and he's just like got that that little grin on his face. He knows what's coming. So they fight, and then hail does hail reaches down deep like Rocky freaking Balboa, <laughs> and finds the will, the eye of the tiger. To punch the shit out of Deacon. Uh-huh. And he gets the turnoff remote. Mm-hmm. So our lady friend gets... Uh, they, unhitch the, they unhitch the engine part from the burning part. So why does the engine stop? Oh, she shoots the conductor and he, like, hits, falls back and hits the brakes because he died. So the, the train... <laughs> so, again, I don't... I don't know how far a unhitched 
train part will travel without the engine part, but this thing's carrying momentum like no one's business. And it's on flat ground from the the way this is framed. It's not downhill. Mm -mm. It's flat. And they're fighting and he realizes they're about ready to hit the stopped train part. Hale jumps out and very coolly was a slow-mo. Oh yeah. Like someone cool turning off a TV with the clicker <laughs> clicks that nuke off right as that train hits the other part and Travolta stands up and yes, he does have a very menacing grin as this nuke launches <laughs> directly at him. Due to momentum, I guess. Plausible. Right into him. Right into the fire. Over. And they've got this thing throughout the movie of like betting 20 bucks on who can do what like <laughs> fights and stuff so the start of this fight like Deacon puts 20 bucks down and he's like i got 20 bucks says like you will i will beat your ass you will not touch this nuke and he's ready to die like he set the nuke it's gonna go off he's like fuck it it's not going to denver so <laughs> oh my gosh this all happens and what do you think hale finds randomly Floating around. 20 bucks. A burnt $20 bill. Uh, full circle, <laughs> full ladies circle. and gents. Full circle. Oh, yeah, full circle. Well, yeah, I also thought it was funny, too. Uh, so it was, it was after the plane crashed, and he's. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, he like pulls out the $20 and goes, like, oh, you got me this time, and like puts the rock on top of him. I'm like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'm like, here we go. And then, yeah, it was just a play on thing throughout the whole damn movie. Yeah, I'm just gonna leave twenty bucks under this yeah, random rock like, in this random part like, of the desert. I hope someone finds that, dude. And you're like, but oh, <laughs> like it's, it's like, like who, who's who's gonna know? You know, it's like, oh hey, Deke, I, I left twenty dollars back there for you, man. If you want to go get it, like take, take a helicopter. Oh, you don't have a helicopter because uh, I destroyed two of them. This is weird, stupid. It, <laughs> it's kind of funny. So this movie ends. She comes sauntering up to him. And he's kind of bruised and broken. They, he like hugs her maybe, I think. And he finally introduces himself. They never gave names throughout this. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. And like they shake hands and then he does this weird, like, it's a proper handshake. And then his hand does this more like, I don't know, how would you call that? Like a, I don't know, more than a handshake? What's more than a handshake? Like a weird grab and like pulls her in tightly. Mm, yeah. You know? And it's yeah. like. Knowing that this guy wrote Broken Arrow and Speed, the similarities here are good guy must save from a bomb, and there is a female yes. there for the ride, who ends up being love interest by the end of movie. Yes. Rinse and repeat. Mm-hmm. Hypothetically, if you were to get broken... Speed is Broken Arrow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> The similarities in there because Keanu Reeves has not come back for Speed 2. No. Hypothetically, though, if you got Broken Arrow 2, do you have this dynamic duo back? Well, you would have to because if not, then it would just be dumb. Just like Speed 2. <laughs> oh, damn. I'm sorry, Are dude. Are you but telling me Sam- I'm sorry, Sandy man. Bullock and Willem Dafoe can't carry Speed 2 cruise control without mm, Keanu Reeves? No, you uh, have to have Keanu, man. Like, But he knows too much. He knows too much. We've gone too far. Hey, those are Whoa. my lines. Hey, those are his lines. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, 
I mean, I'm Ted Theodore Esquire. I haven't watched Speed Two in quite some time, but I do remember though. Um, I was a big fan of the first Speed, and this was before you know I was like a, a Keanu Reeves fan. <laughs> I just well, knew yeah. who the who the the actor was, and then I, you know, mom's like, "Oh, let's watch Speed 2. and I was like, "Oh, that's that guy's not in the second one. Interesting." I, I uh, it, honestly, it's kind of weak, dude. Like, I think the whole premise, and uh, yeah, I, I have that, to give it a watch again to, that, to that. maybe concrete my thoughts and feelings on it. But I'm pretty sure going off of past times is not one of my favorites. I would say, well, I mean, those are different conversations, but I think once you kind of see like, I don't want to say this guy's like ripping himself off, but he definitely (laughs) had like a template and Hollywood was into that template, right? I mean, you could argue the same thing happens now for sure. Yeah. But I mean, he's basically got the same formula of like bad guy, good guy, and then we'll have a good female lead or sidekick kind of thing. And again, what, what would a movie be like if you had the female pilot and then Hale was like the park ranger. Like, why couldn't we, why couldn't we do True. that? Like, it doesn't, I would love to see, I mean, this lady held her own against Travolta for the most part. Like you could have a strong female character like this and then have the dude psychic and it'd be, it'd be just as good. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's goes back to like our badass female movies. Like, some of those work and some of those don't. It just depends on like, honestly, like what power set you're gonna give the female. But this movie does it too. Like we said, you got a five nine dude is able to kick a six five dude out of freaking train. No problem. You'd easily have a woman. Women are five six too. Yep. So I, I mean, in theory, am I saying Christian Slater's kind of womanly? No, is that what I'm saying? No, we're just saying like saying? I mean, it's it's. You know, we could swap the the lead role here, male, female, so on and so forth. Yeah, it's doable. I concur. John Woo, not giving away of what we're got coming down the line, his movie wise. I find this movie to be better than Mission Impossible Two. I think I'd agree to that as well. And I, I think I would say, yeah, Tom Cruise carries that franchise for sure. Oh, so hard. But Mission Impossible 2, for some reason, like, I don't know if it's just because it's a weird product of its time or if John Woo just, like, really wanted to get experimental with his stuff. We ragged on that, like, the slow-mo doves, the doves. And I've heard things of, like, John Woo really likes the the slow doves. I, looking at his filmography, am not sure I understand that reference because I was first introduced to that in MI2. Same. And maybe if our, our next movie, we'll see that more and we'll maybe get the genesis to why there's birds but maybe this movie does not have birds in fact it's only wildlife i think is well there's b-roll of deer looking around like ooh, there's a, a nuke just went off <laughs> weird <laughs> yeah and butterflies yep that'd be it yeah like john woo though i I think if I were to go back to his earlier stuff you might see some of those things that get nitpicky of like what he brings over to like these big Hollywood blockbuster things. He also does more fighting movies mm-hmm. and maybe that's not translating over with the American audience of what to do. And going back and like looking at his like more American ish stuff. I can't say he's like a great director because I, I can't, I don't have enough reference to be like, Oh yeah, he's great. Yeah. We only have like a little taste. 
and aren't really entirely yeah. too sure yet. And that's why I said up front, like, I'd have to go back to, you know, a 1976, I take that back, 74 release of his movies and, like, go from there. And maybe if I watched everything from his start up to, like, Hard Target and then, like, into Broken Arrow, I would have a better idea of, like, what I'm dealing with here. But right now, like, I think Broken Arrow, for a movie that came out in 96, is actually fairly well done. And like we've said, like, there are some definite plot contrivances that go on to allow this movie to happen. But it's also a stupid action flick movie where... Yeah. I mean... I like my boy Travolta. Nothing really matters. I mean, you've got a good cast. Yeah. I mean, Travolta's got a lot under his belt at this point. Slater, I think, is maybe hit or miss. I'm not exactly sure. Uh, But again, like Hard Rain, kind of like Hard Rain, kind of a goofy-ass plot idea. Right. But it made for some cool action, Mm -hmm. which is what you're going for with this of like, this movie definitely has better action and reasons for the action than MI2, I think. Yeah. I think MI2 maybe was an issue of more spy thriller than straight up action. And maybe that's where the disconnect comes from of wanting to do like, it can't be just straight across. I mean, can we be real? Action movies are kind of low on substance, right? Mm -hmm. And that's all they really are. Yep. But they're fun to watch because we want to see some people get the crap out of them or helicopter blades going to people or, explosions and death and like being inventive in that way and his hands are kind of tied when you're doing a pg-13 release right yeah if this guy's kind of notorious for like kind of pushing it just a little bit up to this point and now it's like oh i gotta be reined in for pg-13 i don't know yeah i don't know man i think it holds up for the most part i mean again it's an old movie by now yeah, just definitely by now. By but now. still still a good watch, though. I mean, yeah, you've got a Travolta who is about ready to lose his shit in movies. Like, literally just be off the deep end. Like, almost cage level. But he reins it in. Cage is still out. Freaking <laughs> doing Can't whatever. cage the cage, dude. <sighs> no, you cannot. And so, I, I guess I vote ugh, Broken Arrow, man. It's a watch. I agree. Yeah, it's stupid. Stupid AF. But give it a watch. But give it a watch if you can find it. See our boy Travolta. Yeah, we <laughs> champion Travolta for the most part, I guess. Yes. How do you feel about our uh, Woo watch? Yeah, I'm excited to see our next films because... Some we've seen. As I say, I haven't watched one in quite a while. One I haven't, I've seen somewhat recently. Not that recently, but... Says that you want. You're out of your mind. Ain't it cool? 